Covenant Day School community, welcome to CDS Stories, a podcast where we sit down with various members of our community to learn about the people that make CDS the special place that it is. We are your hosts, Jackie Haynes, Charlie Mosley, Seth Farina, Preston Jordan, and Elizabeth Erdl. Today in the studio, high school teacher Miss Cope is with us. She is known to be incredibly intellectual, yet also the queen of sarcasm. To give you a brief background on Miss Cope, I will tell you that I have had her as my Spanish teacher, my literature teacher, and my soccer coach in high school. To say that she dabbles well in it all is an understatement. Miss Cope, thank you for joining us today. You're very welcome. <laughs> That's quite the introduction. It is, yes. <laughs> uh, to start us off, can you share with us about your family and where you grew up? Sure. I grew up in Los Angeles, California, the southern part of LA County on the coast. I had an older brother and a younger sister and grew up with two parents who um, were Christians, grandparents who lived close by. Had a really strong heritage of faith for which I'm really thankful. Yeah, that's really special and something I think a lot of people here can say as well. We're thankful for the heritage of faith we have in our family. Did you stay in California for college? I did. I went to school in Santa Barbara, which is, depending on traffic, about two hours, two and a half hours from where I grew up. Where was oh, Right. <laughs> Westmont College, the greatest school in the world. Greatest school in the world. Yeah. That is a bold statement. <laughs> True. We've had a few gone all the way across the country to go to Westmont, so that's Mr. Cool. Fultz's son? Did he yep. go? Yeah, Logan okay. Fultz Logan recently Fultz. graduated. The Stillwells. Mm. I don't think we have anyone there presently, but we've had several. Okay. So something unique about Miss Cope is that as she was at Westmont, she played for Graham West, the varsity girls and guy coach here at Covenant Day School. What's that like <laughs> knowing him now and then? Yeah, that's a good question. So, yeah, we've known each other a long, a long time and have become good friends. His first year at Westmont was my freshman year, and he was young then. So we got to know each other pretty well. And also, a little known fact, we worked in the post office together at the Westmont. The post yeah. office? <laughs> That's so, so funny. Um, there was that as well. And then I got involved with the Charlotte Eagles later right. through Graham, and then um, talked to him about uh, an opening at Covenant Day at one point to coach JV Boys, and that's how he ended up over here. Is Charlotte Eagles the reason you came to Charlotte? Okay. It is, yeah. Right before my senior year, he left Westmont to go on staff with the Eagles. Okay. Um, so we were really saddened by yeah. that. We had a new coach my senior year, but he went on staff full-time. He also had gotten married um, the year before that to Lori, who has also become a really good friend. And so I went on a tour in, let's see, 1992, after I graduated from college to Russia, and that was my first exposure to the Eagles. And so I had come out after that, did some camps, and was just going to do something different for a year or two, and moved to Charlotte, and here we are. So what was that like to go on tour with the Eagles? Life-changing like, isn't too hyperbolic to say, I think. Part of this process was taking place through Westmont and through my understanding of what it was to be an athlete and a Christ follower and just how all the different components of my life kind of held together under that one thing of like wanting to like really follow Christ intentionally. But it was an expansion of that, like being able to use uh, sports ministry to impact other people, which became something that I continued to do in coaching mm -hmm. and in traveling. To be able to see the, the impact that um, soccer can have just because it's so popular everywhere around the world mm -hmm. that it forms a pretty immediate connection and immediate 
you do it well, you can establish some respect <laughs> with other people. But also just kind of a, a common language, even in the absence of a common language like right. Russian and English, and an ability to share the gospel in different ways. That was really, really impactful for me. Right, yeah, I'm sure. So you alluded to the concept of language. Mm-hmm. Um, something I valued about you as a teacher is that you brought in a couple years I've been here, the same missionaries who are in Cuba. Yeah. It's a unique opportunity to not only hear them once or twice, but year after year. And so that's something I've been grateful for. But I also respect the way that you use soccer and language to things you're passionate about and use that to help other people know the gospel. So just on that end, how do you encourage students to step outside of that comfort zone and mm-hmm. do that? Yeah, for sure. Missions and specifically evangelism definitely pushed me out of what was comfortable for me because I'm super non-confrontational and so a really direct presentation of the gospel with somebody who may not be interested is I mean it's hard for any of us I think because almost any personality because it opens you up to like rejection and also the I really never want to feel like I'm forcing myself on anyone Mm -hmm. in any way and so so that was definitely a challenge for me and so I think it's good for us to live in those places of discomfort for us to kind of even seek it out really intentionally sometimes like this is going to take me someplace where I'm not quite comfortable and it allows us to see the ways in which um, you know God says through Paul that his strength is made evident in our weakness right. and so we have to be willing to to be weak and even acknowledge it you know one of the one of the verses I was like hang on to and I'm um, doing something cross-cultural is when Paul also talks about how I determined to know nothing among you except for Christ crucified. And here's Paul, who's like this model of evangelism and apologetics, and he said, like, I knew nothing among you except for Christ crucified. Now, I don't think that means we don't prepare ourselves and try to learn about the culture that that we're interacting with and all of that, like all that's important, but also just the uh, posture of humility that we don't have all the answers and yet we can still be used is a really important lesson. But then on the flip side of that, I think like you alluded to, like combining these different passions of mine, soccer and language and these these kind of things that didn't necessarily like easily fit together. I think that when we seek out those things that that we're good at and we just enjoy the things that we love that God has given us an enjoyment for and and try to like marry that with the needs that we see in the world around us like God gives us avenues to do that in in really surprising ways like I wouldn't have thought you know as a kid like yeah I love to play soccer I I love Spanish and I love thinking about like just important ideas and that there's there's a way to to bring that stuff together but I think there is and sometimes they're you know lived out independently of each other but it's really cool when they kind of cross over you can see that happening Right, for sure. That is cool to see as a student, too. I remember the other day I was talking to my mom about your class, and she was like, you know, it is really crazy. Like, you've seen her in so many different yeah. lights. And I was like, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that, too, um, as far as students go, because I get to know you differently, right. too, on the soccer field versus even a Spanish class versus a literature class is different. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, and you get to, we get to, I think, know each other's real people a little bit more. (laughs) That's funny, yeah. That's true, though. Yeah. Um, Kind of switching gears a little bit, ending up at Covenant Day, did you 
have that vision of being a Christian educator for a while, or were you kind of thrown into us? <laughs> yeah. The, by the time I got to Covenant Day, yes. Okay. But entering into teaching, definitely not. Like, had no clue. In fact, I mean, for quite a while. It's probably not comforting for many of the audience to hear. <laughs> um, but I, I remember in, like, in, in high school, I had a Spanish class where the my teacher just wasn't really great at explaining things or students had a hard time understanding what she was trying to explain. <laughs> so sometimes she would explain something and I would turn to the person next to me and kind of re-explain it. Mm. And she she said to me at least once, like, you should be a teacher. And I was thinking, like, I'm not going to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm going to do something important, you know, <laughs> go to law school or med school. <laughs> um, but then uh, even throughout college, when I first started taking English classes and, and realized how much I loved it, people, if you're an English major, people ask, like, oh, are you going to teach? Mm-hmm. And at first I was, you know, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And I didn't know until after college. Um, but that's one of the cool things, and I think a cool thing to relate to students is that that uncertainty is okay. It's really uncomfortable. And I'm, I've always been envious of those people who, from the time they were five years old, said they were going to be a nurse, and they go and do it, and they're, you know, fulfilled in it, and I definitely wasn't like that. And I think that uncertainty, though, cultivates dependence in us, um, and doesn't feel good, but it, it can also get you to uh, the best fit in terms of what you're good at, what you love, where you can make an impact. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know until I started having some opportunities to do some things teaching and coaching related that that, that was going to be the right fit for me. Right. What have you been most surprised about what it was like to be a teacher, like on the other end of the classroom? Um, yeah. I had no idea how consuming <laughs> it can be. Um, and I think anybody who doesn't do it... Um, yeah, that's that that was probably a surprise because one of one of my um, initial thoughts about going to to med school and becoming a physician was uh, you know how consuming that profession would be mm-hmm. but teaching can really expand to to fill up whatever space you give it and giving it a lot of space mm-hmm. <laughs> for better or worse yeah so I think how huge a part of who I am it would be I, I didn't know that in, in really positive ways too mm-hmm. how much how much I would love it I definitely didn't didn't know that but also how challenging right. it can be for the season that you're in it yeah I don't think I ever appreciated just kind of that comment of it it takes up as much time as you let it yeah. until my dad went back to school to become a math teacher about like four years ago <sighs> and he he gave it a lot of time mm-hmm. and he worked really hard because that's just the kind of guy that he is but once he actually started teaching when you're in your initial planning phase like it's oh, never yeah. done oh yeah and so the amount of work dedication that people have to educate people is just incredible and humbling that they're uh-huh. they're spending time to help least of these. <laughs> yeah. Especially in, yeah, if, if you want to do it well, you know, right. you have to really dig into it. It makes it more rewarding, too, mm-hmm. though, you know, if you really dig into it. That first year or two with all that prep that you're talking about is, mm-hmm. that's challenging. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, it is. So particularly towards Covenant Day, what do you appreciate about our school? Mm-hmm. 
I think, like, for me, one of the things I most appreciate are just the the r relationships. Probably, I mean, I guess I would have, like, the thing, mm -hmm. both among faculty. Some students probably see it more than others, the way in which we care for and support each other, but y you might get glimpses into it. But we really have a, a, a community that, like, when somebody's going through something difficult, that we bear that for each other mm -hmm. through prayer and through support and... That's been huge for me, and um, just experiencing like any kind of difficulty, and also just in terms of being sharpened by the people around me, the kind of conversations I'm able to have. Right. Um, and then with students too, because I I see like what I want to do as discipleship, and it's through a really specific medium, like that of teaching literature mm -hmm. or Spanish. But but like, discipleship's the the big goal and it's done in a specific way and that I think it's it has to be done through relationship to be done well mm -hmm. so I appreciate an environment in which we can like build relationships with students where they they are known and cared about and loved and I think that's just beneficial for everybody yeah for sure I've talked about this a lot on here before but I mean, hands down, that's my favorite part of coming a day. Mm -hmm. And yeah. even curious saying, like, witnessing teachers, like, if mm -hmm. you know that teachers care about each other, the level of respect actually increases from the sense of a student because yeah. once you see someone, you respect respecting someone else. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it comes full circle, I think, and it's impactful, like, even if I'm not in the middle of a relationship. So yeah, think, definitely. Um, but even just, like, with my teachers. I can honestly say some of my teachers <laughs> have been the most influential people or friends yeah. genuinely so it's just it is a really unique place to be yeah it's cool because uh, sometimes it, it's it's awesome that you can even see it now mm -hmm. because sometimes you, it's hard to see it when you're in the midst of it right and then later students will often look back and you know with even more gratitude right. for what what they had and even ongoing relationships with alums there's a lot of alums that I keep in touch with and mm -hmm. see and that's just really rewarding really cool right yeah the other day, I was asking Miss Cope a question after class, <laughs> and she was bombarded <laughs> by like three alumni, and it was just—it was actually really cool to see. And then on the other side of that, what's been a challenge teaching at Covenant Day? Mm. I think the challenge of being in South Charlotte, like our greatest gifts and blessings very often our greatest challenges um, and lead to our greatest temptations sometimes, I think, both individually and corporately. Mm -hmm. um, so for us as a just very um, wealthy, in some ways insulated community, that that can be a challenge because some, some students don't even have a frame of reference to think beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, hopefully that's one of the things I love about literature, that ideally <laughs> that it allows you to see through someone else's eyes and maybe empathize with them and exercise compassion towards people who are different from you and learn from them. Travel also does that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say that um, what can be a great deal of um, entitlement that comes from the privilege right. that we have is, is definitely a challenge. And I mean, it's a, it's a gift in a lot of ways too that can be harnessed and, and used, but it's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. I remember you saying that earlier this year, that that's a reason why you love literature. And mm -hmm. to be able to read into someone's mind, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people try to find that in, like, the Enneagram or, yeah. you know, and, and those are 
it is really helpful it sometimes is interesting. when you yeah. in conflict. I just automatically think people think the way that I think. Because <laughs> yeah. it's the right way. <laughs> right. That's the most impactful like, part of literature to me. You and I, Miss Goodling, have trained my brain to think like that in mm -hmm. a different way because, I mean, you would have told me in eighth grade <laughs> that I would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's very helpful to have teachers that point you in the right direction. <laughs> a question that we ask here, who is your favorite storyteller? Good one. That's so hard. Mm -hmm. Especially um, for you. I know, because I love stories. If I have to pick Flannery O'Connor, who we will read later this semester, she was a Catholic writer of fiction, largely short stories, and she has a bizarre sense of humor. <laughs> that probably doesn't surprise you. But some pretty bizarre stories, but they point to this, this idea that if Christianity is true, then it should change everything about us. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of one of her larger themes, and then she develops other themes around it. Um, but just the, the, uh, the wit of it, but also the way in which she communicates what's true right. um, through these strange, funny little stories I yeah. really love. Thank you so much, Ms. Cope, for joining us you today. Are welcome. I appreciate it, and we appreciate you here as a whole for Thank you how you've added to our body. Thanks a lot.